It's 6 a.m. Monday morning. Ten minutes ago, you changed your last diaper, and now you are pouring liquid hot rocket fuel into your mouth in the vain hopes that it brings you round. But... My name is Robert. (laughs) (laughs) You bastard. All right, all right, all right. You know, whenever you compose an introduction to your head to a podcast... Like, it's never gonna go to plan, so why bother? Hello, everybody, this is 199. My name is Steve. Rob's already said yo. Paul, are you here? Hey, I'm here, loud and proud. And rounding out the awesome foursome, we got him back, ladies and gentlemen. His name is 86 Cujo. Hey, brother. What's going on, gentlemen? Well, you guys were begging me to come back, so you know. No. (laughs) I reached out. It's uh, 199, as they say. Uh, just before the start of a new chapter, so I figured I would catch up with some friends. Nice, and it totally Hell does yeah. fit your character, because that's kind of how it all went down in the first place, isn't it? <laughs> I don't recall. Cooge, how the hell have you been, man? What have you been up to? Oh, well, I would definitely pose this question to you guys, but I do listen. Um, and honestly, it's been inspiring to see you guys kind of, I don't want to say bounce back, but kind of uh, be resolute, if you will. Um, hey. Yeah, no, I've been good. Uh, I did wander the earth like Kung Fu, started a YouTube channel, so to speak. It burns to varying degrees, but uh, I did give myself one more title, the patron saint of purple skies, so there's that. <laughs> got, got that gold for me. Um, Feel free it. to push the social, man. Like, what is uh, your YouTube channel if people want to get in deep with Cooch? Mm. Well, uh, tread, tread uh, at your own risk, but... No, I've chatted with Jim Godfrey. What's up, Jim? Um, the plastic got him god. To admit <laughs> he was, yeah, got to got him to admit he was a deity. It's about time. Um, and uh, I did chat with uh, our good man, uh, Dragon Fortress, Dustin. So, yeah. cheers, brother. Um, aside from that, just chatting with good people, talking some literature, talking some outside the box, you know. All right. No, good. But are you still going to conventions and stuff, doing interviews, that mm-hmm. sort of thing? How's that? Yeah, how's that working in, um, during COVID now? I mean, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm basically standing with Snake Eyes and Scarlet right in front of the minefield right now. Um, <laughs> I think. Uh, I don't Are you know taking the picture? Am I taking be. the picture? Um, I'm gonna pretend I know what that means, but uh, well, no, Snake I think... Eyes and Scarlet, you nut. Mm. <laughs> Somebody had nice. to. Nice. What was that? A Mike Zek? It was. It was. <sighs> I don't, I don't know how I'm going to play it. Like you guys, I've definitely enjoyed uh, the yard, hashtag the yard. Stream yard's been good to me. Um, and so I, I will build kind of uh, just conversations on it for a while, and we'll see where that goes. Cool, man. What's the name of your channel, dude, just for everybody else, if they want to cool. listen and catch you? I didn't fall too far from the tree, brother. Codename Cujo. Cool. On so guys, no, no, yeah, cool. Makes it easy. People know. So it's Codename Cujo. Correct. Boomtown. Gentlemen, let's shift the focus to our new shit section. Has Mm -hmm. anyone got any new toys? I shudder to ask. I got something new. I don't know if it's a toy, but it's kind of like a toy. What? Yeah, yeah, I know. It's a pair of dogs. Are we going adult here? No, no, no. (laughs) Not one of those toys, Rob. No, okay. Let me start with the... Uh, this has got three different flavors, so I'm going to start with the bad news, and then we're going to work to the good news part of it, and it'll be quick. Uh, the other day, my compressor died, so that sucked. Um, 
it, it was it was building up pressure and then it wasn't cutting off and i was like oh crap i'm gonna die and so then i switched it off and Did then you ruin any model kits in the process of discovering your compressor was about to give up the ghost no thankfully not no no i was in a priming stage so it was okay it was it was all good and i normally do a bit of a dry run anyway with the compressor just before i spray just because I, i've always found it to be good practice just in case there's water build up in your pipes and whatever's in the compressors air pipes um anyway so there's that uh, so that died then i decided to earn some man points and try to fix it myself um that failed I spent a lot of money on that, actually, which I should have actually just spent on a Transformers toy um, that I saw. <laughs> the idea behind DIY is that you don't spend a lot of money, but no, in the true DIY was... fashion, it kind of runs away from you, doesn't it? You're like, yeah, I can do this. I just need that part. Well, that's the problem, right? Because it's a freaking compressor. So the thing is, all it needed was a new pressure switch. So I was like, okay, cool. And I got a new pressure switch. Awesome. 200 bucks. No problem. Cool. I'm installing the pressure switch with... Uh, but then apparently with my Herculean strength, I decided to break something on the pressure switch while screwing in the um, water trap. So I was like, damn, now i got to go buy another pressure switch. So I thought, okay, this time I'm not going to buy the same one. I'm going to buy a better quality one. So 450 Rand later, cha-ching. Okay, uh -huh. 650 Rand if you're keeping score, by the way. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that's a transformer, man, and a half. So I'm like kind of annoyed. So then I took it to the shop on Saturday and I was like, guys, how much would it cost to fix this? They're like, it, it will only charge you for parts, not labor. I'm like, well, you quote me before you do anything. They're like, yes, please. I'm like, cool. How much is a new compressor? They're like this much. I'm like, I'm buying a new compressor. So that's the first good news. I got a new compressor. Yay! Which is if you just not spent that money on the parts, um, you would have yeah. had half, half of a compressor right there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. No, no, I know this. Um, see, I have this rule about fixing stuff. If you spend more than half of what you paid for the item originally, just get a new item. Don't bother mm. repairing it. It's just a stupid thing. So anyway, anyway lessons learned. Um, and it was also, I was quite attached to that compressor. It was a good compressor. So cool. Anyway, um, then we're going to get into the good news. I've got a Zartan. Oh, we lost Steven for a second. He'll come back. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh oh nobody made the ray compressor joke ray wasn't there to bypass your compressor <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Uh, not yet i think i made that joke last time nice but uh, unrelated unrelated so anyway let me carry on with the story and steve can catch up oh wait i i heard a bloop oh there he goes he's oh and he's back okay awesome i don't know what happened there my dude he was playing around <laughs> I'm trying to get really crazy and uh, activate my camera on the fly, but I got some new shit. Awesome. Ever seen Nanobrick, guys? Yes. Very cool. No, they're, I haven't. They're doing a line of articulated mecha. I'd like to introduce you to Snipe. Comes with a, <laughs> a gun. It pops off. Um, and a shield. And very nice, if I do say so myself. That's my new shit section. Cool, man. Well, I didn't want to. <laughs> I, I wanted to wait for you before I uh, got into my other new thing. And it's oh, and he's shit. And he's oh, actually shit. He is transformable. Um, I'm not going to do it live because it's going to take me a while, and bits will probably pop off. But yeah, man, if you do have a Daiso store in town, which is kind of Japanese um, dollar store essentially, all these sort of trinkets for like 
cheap, cheap, cheap money. Um, you can get these guys. They're fantastic. Little bag of nano bricks. Very cool, dude. I like. Yeah, I, I really find... Bye. <laughs> I don't like, go away. I don't like go away. Uh, oh, oh, one more thing. New shit. Oh yeah, this was going for fifteen dollars. It's a Batmobile. Did you actually buy that thing? <laughs> I did, but fifteen bucks. Come on. Okay. Which okay. Is it based off though? It's um, based off. <laughs> Look, I'd say it's it's armed like a, like a Snyderverse vehicle. Um, yeah. You know, heavy with the guns. But they're not that... Um, I mean, you know, they're, sco- they're in there. They're sculpted, but there's no great fanfare to them. Yeah, it looks like the vehicle from um, uh, BVS. Um, but, but it's also kind of like the animated. Yeah. Kind of. Actually. I mean, if, you, if, you, if you move that forward... It would be very boxy, like and it's got a similar version. feature to the animated feature, uh, animated series Batmobile. Except I'd rather, like- I'd rather it not have that at all, to be honest, because you wind up having a situation where, like, you could have a two-seater. Yeah, it could fit two figures side by side if it wasn't for the stupid. It's not actually a boat; it doesn't float. So I assume it's actually a jet, which makes sense because it's got a jet engine. It just Anyways, looks more like a boat. Back anyway. in the bo- yeah, well, look, as I say, it just doesn't float. So, boo. I like my toys practical. If you're going to float or be a boat, float. You better float. Um, mm, how do I do edit studio avatar? Ha There we go. And bye-bye. Stop my cam. Ha, coo- Paul, help me. I'll do it for... <laughs> <laughs> I should have done that for the, you know, showing off the damn toys. Yeah, right. Yeah, there we go. Now they're big. Yeah. And this guy, awesome. The green you can't see because of my shitty lighting, but it's pearlescent. And Batmobile, it's uh, cheap nonsense. Make sure, you, make sure you get it on clearance for fifteen bucks. Probably and... hate to hear it, but your hair stole the show. <laughs> Uh, Steve, it you hit, hit the three dots on your name at the bottom there. Hit and the then three you... dots. I mean, not the, the three dots at the very bottom where it says mute, start cam, cam, mic, share, invite, leave uh, studio. Thank Just, you. There Ooh, we go. You're I'm back. Gone. You're returned. So, guys. Oh, that was an interesting detour. Let's never do that again. <laughs> I got a Zartan. I got a Zartan from Classified, which is pretty cool. Can you cool. show it to us? I <laughs> can't. It's still on its... No, no, no. It's still on its way. Um, but I'll tell you why it's like why I'm making a story out of this because I was like, Yeah, I saw it on Amazon and I was like, Wow, this is actually like quite affordable 550 bucks. Okay, rands. So I was like, Oh, cool, sweet. I'm just gonna order it from Amazon. It's like easy peasy, it'll come straight to me. Awesome, great, cool, no problem. Lacquer, cool. Spend real rands on it. I'm like, Yay, okay, cool, nice, sweet. Go into my email, check my receipt from Amazon. Okay, congratulations, you've bought this thing, and I'm like. Then I see another one from Big Bad Toy Store, and I'm like, Boba Fett. Okay, cool. Yeah, I bought a Boba Fett from from Big Bad Toy Store. I'm like, let me just click on that and just make sure that it's the right one, just for some reason, you know, in case there's a mess. You know, it's always good to check these things. Zartan. Wait. When did I pay for Zartan on PBTS? I know. And where was my PayPal notification? So I now have two Zartans. Oh, my God. That's never happened to me. you've got four friends who's going to get it. Hey. I, I don't know. I'm kind of thinking uh, I'm just going to get two blindfolds and a knife and let you guys <laughs> <laughs> blindfolds games. and a knife. 
Did you guys figure it out? I don't know what to do with that third, uh, with that second Zartan. So maybe uh, some fan suggestions, some suggestions in the comments. What should Paul do with his second Zartan? So let me know. Uh, Andrew says a raffle. Nice. We've never done a giveaway on GI Joe Berg. No, we haven't. And I think that's a mm. cool idea as well. But uh, I'd love to see what people say. I'd love to see what people say. Maybe, maybe we should do like a dress-up competition or something. <laughs> he Cliff suggests you should do best. a custom blue skin version. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Blue I like the raffle idea. I think that's pretty sweet. Yeah, and I've got... I, I know how to do a randomized raffle thing as well, which is great. So, you know. And what? You know, all the so things. people can't oh. accuse you of favoritism, nepotism, no, or otherwise just you... selecting the a winner out of your own head? Nepotism? <laughs> yeah, no, what you can do is... Um, I've got I've got access to one of those apps where you can just randomly do it, and we could do it as like a live thing here. People can see it. We can record the video Whoa. of it happening. Oh, yeah. Hold on, let me thing. earn that hashtag. The yard Streamyard actually has that. You can spin the wheel with all the people see in the room. What? Yeah. Cool. What? Cool. So it's maybe I should make it a raffle for the patrons. Maybe I should make it a raffle for the patrons, for one of our patron members. Damn son. Yeah. And what about that uh, Boba Fett? What what version of Boba Fett are you getting there? Oh, I got one of the retro ones from the movie. So um, I got the oh. I, yeah. So I bought a retro a retro five Boba POA. Fett. No, not five POA. It's I mean not um. retro vintage. It's the vintage uh, series one that's got the super articulation. It's like a modern era Joe, and it's that size as well. So it's cool. So, Sweet. Yeah. Slave one comes next, brother. I know that oh. slippery slope. Shit, dude. Like, uh, um, yeah, I don't know. Fett can fly around everywhere. Yeah. He's there he is. Hey, that's there's Boba the Fett, original. dude. He's a, he's a big boy. Isn't that the, <laughs> the 12 inch kind of gentle giant star? He's muted himself. It's our day for technical flubs today on G.I. Joburg. <laughs> hey, 199. What else can go wrong? Cujo. No, he's, he's been an all star to answer that question. Nice. But yeah. is he a big guy? Is he like he is, a, that's know, a twelve a shampoo inch shampoo holder? <laughs> you know, it's a twelve inch. He is hollow. I would recommend uh, picking up the, either the Fet or the Stormtrooper because it is weird to put these sculpts back in your hands from being a kid. Very strange. <laughs> I suppose the scaling does match. You've you've grown by twelve inches, and so they. <laughs> yeah, what is it? It's a three D scan of the original figure. Yeah. Oh man, my math sucks. They've grown by like eight and a half inches. Hey, oops. Hey. Well, I suppose relatively, the, they've scaled up as we've scaled up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm still curious to see one of those. Didn't they make life-size GI Joe figures? Uh, they made they made those giant ones. Those like giant twelve-inch ones. Yeah, I don't they know, know if they're they life-size, but they're huge. Yeah, they are huge. I saw one in the <laughs> wild once. Actually, Do they have I, I, lifelike lips and um, anatomy? <laughs> Can you act out your, your G.I. Joe fantasies at long last? Oh, my God. It actually just looks like it will break. All right. Oh, okay. You've actually thought about this. No, I mean, like, I looked at it. I, I think, where did I see it, man? It was, like, at a convention or something. I saw it there, on, and I was like, man, that thing looks chintzy. It looks like it's going to fall apart. Like, if you try to pose it too much, like, it's going to crack. Like just something you about could just classic. take a mannequin, you know, the one that get you a little can bit pose slightly, and then just cosplay up the mannequin. Yeah, there we go. 
Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. Life-size. Life-size mainframe. Ooh. (laughs) Gotta fix your hard drive mainframe. Oh. Where's the port? (laughs) But we are going to talk about life, (laughs) not size, but scaled down fireflies. I mean, Cooge is back. It would be very, very timeless if we reintroduced an old segment, Definitive Sculpt. Mm-hmm. We're talking Scope. the faceless master, or just the guy who likes to blow things up. If you don't want to think about his uh, later comic book uh, estrangement, anyways, it's Firefly. Whoa, hey, who's going to be repping not the 1984 version? Spoiler, <laughs> me. Whoa, are you going for the I... 90s version because of nostalgia? Yep. Oh, yeah. wow. Jerry V is listening very carefully right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Make mine lime green. I guess that's just where I intersected with this character. And he totally is the Boba Fett of, of early G.I. Joe because he had a cool look, sure. But did he do anything of note in his early appearances? I speak primarily of the comic book because that's kind of my wheelhouse. But in his first appearance, he's pretty much having his ass handed to him by Zartan. Uh, gets captured. And things don't seem, seem to go very well from there. Um, I know that he had a hand, I suppose, in the death of the soft master and um, the disfigurement of Billy, uh, a mutilation of Billy. Uh, but he actually was just watching. You know, you got the explosives expo, the saboteur kind of taking a back seat and letting the maniacal scrap iron do the dirty work. So what else did he do in that uniform? Anyways, in the lime green uniform, he gets an army of old school battle android troopers and a personal guard of like the elite G.I. Joe Ninja Force and Cobra Ninjas. And he takes over Cobra Island. That's 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 hitting the big time, my friends. Yeah, it's some that's crazy you, ambitions later on. That's how you put <laughs> yourself on back on Cobra Commander's uh, bad books, I suppose. And uh, he, if you want to incorporate it, he is the blind, the not the blind, the faceless master of the Arashi Kage. or is it the Koga? Anyways, he's in the picture, blurring his face out, but uh, it does kind of speak to his his um esoteric martial arts training and the fact that he can kind of stand toe-to-toe with snake eyes and storm shadow in a fight gung gung quick fire topic number one Stephen walked oh, into dear. it do you <laughs> think do you think the fact that um cameras can't capture uh firefly's face is a mystical ninja trick or do you think somehow he yeah or do you think he's just somehow just always out it's, of focus it's like, Parkinson's <laughs> it's a serious disease, man. That works a bit against his his ability of being a, an incredible saboteur. Yeah, no, what? Actually, what? we've never seen him blow up anything, buddies. <laughs> no, listen. I mean, I like he's all hype. Parkinson's is a serious hmm. disease. However, uh, if he has got the shakes, maybe he's actually meant to be like Firefly, the repair guy, but he just can't fix anything, so he blows everything up. Moving right along. Uses his bad luck. Well, that was a quick fire for everybody, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah what I'm you curious. Think? I want to hear what you guys think. I, I have well, my own 
thinking about I kind of like the, I know this isn't realistic, but I like the concept of, remember how people would turn up in photographs on the ring, that horror movie? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like that would be interesting if like every time he's in a picture, it's just swirled out. People are like, what the hell? I think that's interesting. That's where I'm getting at. Yeah. Yeah. Having it be more mystical than, um. Well, it it is the spinning top era, Stephen. So. Yeah. (laughs) Then is, (laughs) he came with a spinning top actually. True. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But he's got uh, the other signifiers as well. He's got the bandolier. This time it actually has some paint on it. Because let's face up to the hard truth that Firefly 84, for all his cool, very distinctly has missing paint apps. There's a lot more detail on the sculpt, and they just thought, oh, it's okay. He's got a camo pattern. That's all he needs. We're going to snake eyes him. Yeah. Why, why doesn't the bandolier and the various bits and bobs of you know, uniform apparel. Why don't those get picked out in paint? They totally skimped. He's the Snake Eyes of 1984. You're absolutely right, Paul. Wow. That's exactly what he is. But they, but for me, my favorite version would be the 2005 version, which is actually just the original body with a different head and actually has all the paint apps. There you go. I'm glad you brought him up. Absolutely. The head is fantastic because... Yeah, once again, Firefly 84 has a melted face. Well, it's very <laughs> unique for the character. Yeah. I mean, you can definitely see he's he's had, had a lot of accidents while laying explosives. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Steven, My brain went uh, somewhere else when you said laying explosives. <laughs> should have a quick question for Steven before we get away. Are you V2 or V3? Are you the contrast colors or more of the Greedo look in V2? I'm done with the one that has the black accent, so okay. 1993. Yeah. I got you. Just because uh, that's the one I grew up with, I guess. Uh, for some reason, the 93 version is the one that fell into my 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 hands. Great rifle. I did paint it black, though. So. Well, obviously. You golden grenaders. <laughs> <laughs> because I think the, the 2005 version, it just improves on the original. I mean, he gets all the paint apps. His plastic is better because it came out during that period where they were kind of like, um, with plastic that was more malleable than the original. And also there's kind of, the plastic has, I suppose it's slightly different in different places. So there's kind of like a texturing to his look as well. So the leather parts look leathery, his suit looks more fabric-y. Yeah, I'd I'd probably say my version is the, the 2005 version. There have been some really amazing versions, though. I am going to get so shot down for this, and I don't care. But this is my favorite Firefly. And my favorite Firefly is the modern era, Pursuit of Cobra. I think they call, I think Yojo.com calls him version 22 or version 20-something. But it's that badass version of Firefly with that almost Predator-esque helmet. I ah. love that toy. I think it's such a cool figure. It elevated G.I. Joe for me in a, in a big way. Um, just loved what it did. Kind of set a, a bar for me for like what I want from a modern era toy. I know I know it's failings. Don't misunderstand me. Um, I know that it, it, it's got some serious flaws as far as a Firefly figure goes. But for me, it really works. I love that toy. I love, love, love it. And um, I'm Go almost... Go Pursuit of Cobra. I mean, they, they definitely did some fascinating things in that line 
They totally did, man. And you know, the sad thing about Firefly is it's funny how this toy actually has very few sculpts that are like lovable, if that makes sense. Oh, uh, yeah. He went through the monkey arms period with the 25th anniversary. Yeah. But you can't have a definitive sculpt section without listing version 26. The one that came in the three pack with a with a with a sna snake eyes and storm shadow. Oh no, sorry, yeah. Cobra Invasion Troopers and Storm Shadow. Yeah, like, that's uh, the so-called Ultimate Firefly, I think it is. If that's oh, the one I'm thinking of. So good, beautiful, dark Man. gray, classic. It, I mean, all the signifiers are there. Comes with bombs that attach to his web gear, knives, a grenade launcher, shotgun, great pistol, great backpack, and mm, the head sculpt looks phenomenal too yeah it's a goodie it's a real goodie i mean it's only superseded by the fact that i really love the modernization of the the pursuit of cobra one um just because it was much needed in my opinion although firefly has somehow like his original design has somehow endured as being one of the like best designs in gi joe made him such a famous character because i mean they've even aped him for fortnite you know for that one character on fortnite and uh yeah. havoc i think yeah, it could be that. And also, like, it's just weird, but, like... You're he, so relevant. Actually... <laughs> Steven knows the names of Fortnite characters. Hey, I know the artist for the Fortnite comic, as in, like, I know him. <laughs> so, Damn. Steven trolls the toy aisles looking at Fortnite figures and wondering why. Why? Just why? <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's why I've internalized the name, I think. No, um, man. Yeah. Cooge, bring us home, dude. Are you going to give yeah. us some, some, some OG love? Well, thank you, gentlemen, for saving me uh, for last, because I have poured over this character a little bit. Um, <laughs> the weaknesses that Steven spoke about with 84, I kind of see him as a strength. Um, but I've been thinking about this recently, like characters that are mercenaries, whether they be Fett or a Firefly. Good to look at, but... Ultimately, you end up feeling passionate about the people that feel passionate about stuff, not just people that are chasing money. So I think there is a ceiling for Firefly in my love. Um, I can't I can't roll with the green Firefly. You know that, brother. Um, V5 is probably the closest you're going to see to a turd without me being like too bad. That <laughs> it's, it's not good, guys. It's not good. Um, <laughs> And I think that that does that is the first Firefly from what I would dub the Zodiac series, where it just has its eye, hole, eye holes punched out. Um, kind yes. Of like, uh, they started a, doing the masks very differently in that time yeah, period. It's, it, it looks a, a bit more unstable, to be honest. Uh, V7 is an interesting departure. The red Firefly probably has the best motto on his file card. I think it says something like, uh, ooh, I make my own way to get the job done. I, I respect that. Um, V8 with the silver boots, nope. Um, V9, <laughs> I kind of like that camo variant. Brown grenades are a bit much, um, but I do like that figure. Uh, ultimately, I'm gonna end up with my favorite, which is V15. Um, I do like the brown accents. Um, he happens to be the Firefly that made all those Twitter pics that I took along the way, the, uh, the ninjas. Oh, yeah. So, oh. I do have love for that. Um, and he comes with that more, um, I suppose, uh, tactical body armor that they gave yeah. to, I think, Shockwave as well. So it kind yeah. of hides the, the ugly anatomy. But Word. yeah, if you look at him on yojo.com, rest in peace, yojo.com. Um, yeah, he's got the monkey arms, buddy. 
I know, I know. And I, <laughs> I do think that that deters, but on this one, like, well, let me ask you this question. Um, the declassified kind of took him in a bomb disposal direction. Uh, how are you feeling about that overt body armor? Does that make sense to you for that character? Uh, you mean Steven classified? <laughs> Close <laughs> enough. You had me scratching my head like, declassified, declassified. It was a comic book series, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Classified took him in the bomb disposal. Yeah, we had we had words on that back in the day, didn't we? We were like, mm, yeah. he's supposed to be setting the explosives. He's got to be sneaky. Uh, it doesn't get, put a whole lot of faith in what he's doing if he's looking like an EOD guy. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. yeah. save that for work. scrap iron, um, and for the reason uh, t uh, Deadly Pencils pick of uh, the kind of Green Goblin mask on that Firefly. That's not bad. It's not bad. And the uh, Firefly and the uh, Python camo. That's an interesting figure as well. But ultimately, V fifteen for me. Incredible. I do like I do like eighty two, but or eighty four. And it is interesting that they went eight years without making the next version. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, they definitely left him out for quite a long time. But I like that um, during the Devil's Due run, I mean, where we, we talked about it recently, there was, they started to actually characterize him more as a proper mercenary. I mean, he was. I, you got the suggestion that he wasn't working for Cobra anymore. He was actually working for a third party, which I thought was quite cool. Hmm. Huge, interesting, uh, fun fact. This is the uh, this is the version of Firefly I have, the version fifteen, like mm. as in like of the twenty fifth anniversary uh, comic two packs. But I've got this one. He is cool. I know you do, Paul. You should cover up your webcam more. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know what I've done with him. <laughs> oh God, he came with a really cool backpack. I mean, I think. I don't know if there was, I think the backpack is reused a lot, but it, I mean, the backpack has a lot of cool stuff in it. Yeah. And it's yeah. a nice kind of like center piece for play. See, I love yeah. that. It's a yeah, good choice. Makes, it's a good choice. And, and, and that's kind of like what the modern era did for me as well. <laughs> is it like, I mean, when I say modern era, sorry, I mean, Pursuit of Cobra era, uh, version did for me as well. It just, it like, it blew my mind that he had a backpack that could open up, <laughs> you know? I actually, I actually think that's an insider thing to say, Rob. Cheers, brother. Because I mean, Hell yeah, our backpacks not just—they're getting more relevant. I know you like to roll with a fanny pack, Stephen, but isn't it? <laughs> uh, it aren't backpacks pretty much on you everywhere you go now? Yeah, for sure. You always got to keep your stuff with you. Have that H two O. Mine's on. more of a front pack. It's called a Baby Bjorn, and it oh. contains <laughs> a small life. <laughs> Good one. Yeah, man, he Steven sleeps looks very, like very well when he's when he's koaled up in my my pouch. No, Joey'd up, kangaroo'd up. up. Did the Mandalorian give you any tips for like how to handle a baby in action, that kind of thing? <laughs> mm, pray that he can't use the force, because man, my life would be chaos. <laughs> no, look, L's a good kid, and uh, I'd rather imagine that there wasn't the child in the Mandalorian. Did you notice how very smartly they kind of like minimized his appearances in season two? It was very much all about the child, but the child was very much absent from the action. Mm -hmm. mm. He had to be able to do a lot more. I think they got a lot smarter about that. I think they also tried to make sure that it wasn't a show about the child and a show about the Mandalorian. I think they. I mean, I, it is called the Mandalorian. It's not called the child. Exactly, <laughs> and I think I think from a production point of view, that that was a very smart idea. I anyway. find it fascinating. 
I find it fascinating that I am the person who picked the closest to the original Firefly. This is crazy. We're, we're just a bunch of trolls on G.I. Joburg. Like, no one's going to go with that anymore. <laughs> Damn it. I mean, you know, I, I'm always teetering on the brink of, of picking the original, but like, nah, that would be in defiance to the fact that like <laughs> I had the lime green and I loved the lime green. I played with him like a lot, a lot. He was like a, my primary bad guy in spite of the fact that he seems to have a peaked kind of baseball cap. What's that all about? It's to keep the sun oh. out of his eye while he's doing explosives. <laughs> <laughs> while, yeah. while he's uh, in the day glow green, blinding everyone. Um, exactly. That version <laughs> 7 that you spoke on, Cooge, the red firefly, I'd never seen it until I saw the yojo.com kind of spread of yeah, versions. Yeah, same. If you squint your eyes, it's, it's barbecue. Yeah, from a distance. Barbecue. It's definitely, yeah. but I mean, it, it's it's the only version that kind of feels fire, like the actual creature, the firefly. You know, I mean, it's actually done up in red, um, and you can actually do some destruction. Oh. It's fascinating. That leads, to, that leads to another obscure question. I don't know that the cobra emblems come out in gold too much. That's definitely your version. Version three is a gold uh, cobra insignia. I don't think negative. You see that it's red. It's red. Huh? Red. Yeah. Yep. No, that sound again, please, Cujo. <laughs> oh, in the pictures on on Yojo, it looks gold oh, yeah. from a distance. But yeah, Damn they don't stars. often do them in gold. I think the only versions I can think of having seen is actually on Cobra Command himself. Mm. And pretty These much every fiftieth anniversary figure has got gold on them. Gold oh. Cobra, gold star, gold. Gold star. is so cool. It's like. Yes, we kind of like the original figures, but flopsier. Except for that Give five lines. Really fantastic. If you Cooch, just to catch them. you up, Paul's new favorite adjective, flopsy. Flopsy. Flopsy-wopsy. Mm. Nice. I'm sure it'll catch on. <laughs> Everything's flopsy. Uh, well. One day, somebody's gonna, one, of, one of our listeners is going to be in a hardware store or something, and somebody's going to be like, what about this store? And he's going to be like, no. It's a little flopsy wopsy. <laughs> yeah, I might as well buy a new compressor. Uh, yeah. Paul told me so. All right, gentlemen. So we don't have consensus at all on who the definitive Firefly is. Well, for each oh, of man. us, we have our own definitive version. Isn't that kind Very of cool, good. though, for Firefly? Think about it. Like, that kind of makes an as to his mystique. Oh, he's faceless. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Man of many faces. Uh, but, gentlemen. Many faces! <laughs> who is also oh, green. No. I'll have you know. Um, shall we focus to the most destructive G.I. Joe Cobra weapons ever produced? Yeah. Who I suggested think so. this topic? Who wants to introduce it? Well, I think I think well, I was I was trying to think along the lines of, you know, like Firefly does explosions and stuff like that. And I was trying to think like what is a cool thing that's, that's a good ancillary to that. So like what vehicle uh, yeah. potentially can do the most damage, you know, what is the most destructive out there? Like like how many fireflies does it take to destroy it? <laughs> <laughs> so Rob, do you wanna do you wanna open your account and discuss what you had in mind? Most well, destructive I, vehicle. Folks well, in the think... chat box, feel free to drop your own suggestions in. And if you're watching this on YouTube, 
hit the comment section below and uh, let us know what you think uh, comes to the top of your your mind heck yeah and if you if you if you like our suggestions uh, like the video and subscribe if you haven't yet thanks guys <laughs> patreon teespring things 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 Rob, please <laughs> well for me i think the probably one of the most destructive or probably the most it will probably be the mamba um because it's it can get in and out really fast it comes with a, an absolute shitload of missiles and the fact that you can actually launch entire pods and, and you know kill kill your enemies with your own troops is absolutely fantastic and <laughs> i mean that's some hectic destructive power they're using lives to destroy your enemies um i i think that's the ultimate and it's it's fast it's maneuverable it's probably not that easy to destroy itself i think mainly it would be the aircraft at least for me in general aircraft would be the more destructive um vehicles in the in the gi joe line at least in in my my uh, estimation Rob, you're so yeah. evil. You know that, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I just it's... imagine like Rob sitting there in Cobra Control Center uh, and in the Cobra Command Center, and the Mambos are closing in on their targets, and there's one going down, and these poor guys are trying to eject, and like the ejector suite uh, seat's broken, and you're like, no, it's I not. Know. Just wait in, <laughs> wait for it. No, you've been <laughs> saved. <laughs> <laughs> the launch will not destroy something. <laughs> We don't have to launch the pods, Commander. Yes, we do. <laughs> yes, I mean, short and sweet, but I think the mump is, is, is probably the most destructive. Um, <laughs> That's very sweet, Rob. Come on, man. You're not thinking large enough, but uh, well, I, I take your point. It's destructive to those lives that uh, dare to sit in the malt pods. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And, they ain't and, coming and, home. And I mean, the, the amount of discussion you can do with all the missiles and then, I mean, I, obviously not the guns. I mean, they're quite small, but um, I think it can get in and out. It can get rearmed quite quickly and come back on the battlefield and do a lot more destruction. Um, mm. And you're destroying, you know, stuff in the air, stuff on the ground. Yeah. And as I said, your know, people, your own troops are dying to destroy the enemy. So, <laughs> how would to. you counter? And I'm just thinking quite domestically, like the the Rattler's payload. Like, surely the Rattler is even more destructive in that yeah, same but I think sense. More in in like yeah, in like one sweep, it can maybe do a bunch of destruction, but it's not going to do a lot all the time. I mean, I think Rattler is more for like destroying buildings and bases more than it is for uh you know actually taking out your enemy's ability to destroy you also that as the member does and the member's got that that massive missile uh that sits underneath on its belly True. yeah uh, which, so you could you, you could still do yeah bunker busting yeah or, which or is a larger a payload well. than it's a larger payload than anything that the rattler has so yeah advantage member that's a big old bomb underneath Absolutely. I always felt like the Mamba was like a butterfly knife. Like if somebody can live, like move it, it looks good. But uh, yeah, who knows if they can use it? So it's yeah, got to be it's, highly it's unstable. Ill. If you see that thing in the air, it's terror-inducing. Exactly. So not only are you destroying the you know people's lives, you're destroying their psyches <laughs> <laughs> as they look on in disbelief. Yeah. All right. Jeez. How's that thing uh, in the air? Who wants to open their account next? Can you top the Mamba as the most 
destructive vehicle or equipment. Mm, I'll get Ooh. I'll get in there. I think you guys have been featuring it lately. And when you said destructive, I did take into account uh, people's peace of mind. I think uh, one of the things that shake people up is earthquakes. So maybe just this conversation, I'll be a mole pod man. Um, <laughs> if you're sitting in something and the ground starts shaking, you're not reaching for guns. You know what I mean? So. Uh, yeah, hmm. I think that so that's uh, destructive. If you can shake somebody's entire base, they're not sleeping well. Mole pod man. Mm. Oh, yeah, dude. That With is lava viper. The buzz core is good, but just because the mole pod doesn't get too much love, thinking about it. Jeez. Okay. That is cool. a good option. Bizarre. Uh, what do you got to add? Um, the pulverizer. No, I'm actually, I'm kidding. No, not the pulverizer. Not ever. No. <laughs> um, I was going to say something cheeky like bazooka after Taco Bell. Uh, <laughs> and you did. <laughs> and I did. So I, I, I got to say. I concede. You win. I'm sorry. The mumbo has nothing against that. <laughs> the rolling thunder. I cannot think of a more devastating vehicle on either side than the Thank Rolling you. Thunder. It's about time someone I mean, dropped the thunder. <laughs> I mean, we used to play this. Uh, there's this game, and I'll give you guys a bit of a trivia. If you have a Sega Saturn, and you have Duke Nukem 3D and Quake, and you finish both games, and you have both save games on the same hard drive, you unlock something called Death Tank. Okay. Death Tank is a seven-player multiplayer game where you shoot little dots at each other and you blow each other up. Anyway, you get a weapon called a Merv that you buy. At the end of each round, you make money uh, from killing each other and whatever. And you get a, a, a something called a Merv, which is based on a Merv. And it's a missile that shoots in the air and then it spreads into like 100 little other dots. And the amount of devastation that that does on that little game, you are a god. You are a god of death. It is the most expensive weapon in the game. And that that little dude every time in the game whenever um whenever you bought the merv i used to say to dave and simon and all of them, i'm like i got the rolling thunder now bitches <laughs> so yeah so that's what the rolling thunder represents to me it's that well i'm so relieved you you brought it under discussion because that is exactly where my mind went initially yes absolutely it's got a payload of two of the largest missiles i think we can all agree in terms of the plastic no ordinance has exceeded the Rolling Thunder's size. I think the detonator, the Cobra detonator, might be a, of a similar size, but that's foam, and I ain't counting that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Rolling Thunder's ordinance is so large, it has smaller bombs within it. Crazy. Just so that it is the WMD. Uh, well, I suppose... No, look, is it a conventional weapon? I don't think it's nuclear. But it is designed no, it's, to be a real, so yeah, it's it a real crowd pleaser. It's sick. Six, <laughs> I love it. Oh, it, actually, they called six rollout Firefly three four cluster bombs. Oh, <laughs> so <laughs> named it. after the most ineffectual saboteur Cobra ever fielded. <laughs> <laughs> so it launches, and then it it kind of breaks apart, and it launches six missiles within it. I feel or like bombs. <laughs> The, the person that probably created the Rolling Thunder, there's really only one play pattern, and that is to stop the launch, right? Because if the launch yep. goes off, your house is done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the only problem, though, is who who's operating the Rolling Thunder? 
GI Joes. And yeah, I don't residents. actually see them really deploying this sort of ordinance against Cobra. Which is exactly it's what Ryan too destructive. Ryan in the comments just mentioned, wouldn't it be a better Cobra vehicle than Joe? To actually quote yeah. him directly, do you think the Rolling Thunder would be better for Cobra than Joe? Yeah. Absolutely. That's, that's what I'm saying right now, is that it, it's so destructive, it, you can't, G.I. Joe can't use it, actually. Just the don't deterrent. make those missiles red. Just don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> because it's, it's too destructive. Well, they wouldn't it actually a use it. It's a deterrent. And let's not lose sight of the fact that, like, G.I. Joe is, the, is from the armed forces of a sovereign nation. They can build nuclear weapons, and no one can tell them otherwise. So it is a reflection on the United States' own nuclear program. They don't use them. I mean, well, unless you're Japan in 1945. But they are just that. They're nuclear deterrent. Clearly, Cobra, the, the Cobra threat has escalated to the point in 1988 where the government greenlights G.I. Joe fielding weapons of that size, if they are indeed nuclear. And I mean, mm. there's no reason why they can't be. They're certainly large enough. Well, they, they could be, but I mean, but there are cluster bombs. So it's, it's a missile that launches and then launches cluster bombs that come out of it. Look, I mean, you've obviously got, you, you've you, got you Rolling Thunders to be in, a nuclear bomb. I, I imagine this is like in response to the fact that Cobra, I, Cobra Island exists and it's within striking distance of US soil. So you've got your Rolling Thunders parked basically along the coast. Uh, aimed at Cobra Island, and if Cobra starts some shit, that's your response. Where's the mm. Dreadnought version? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, somebody said spies like us, MC DJ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good one. Um, in the comments, I also just want to mention one more that is pretty cool and it's close to my heart. Ryan, uh, Ryan Sweeney again. Cobra Condor with the bombs and break apart feature. That kind of feels like Cobra's means to deal with something like the Rolling Thunder. The toothpick. <laughs> <laughs> mm, I always thought of it as like a bony finger. I love that off-white color and the fact that it's almost got knuckles to it. It's got like a kind of a, a curvature. Love it. But, gentlemen, forgive me if uh, if I if I call you out on on being a little bit two-dimensional, a little bit pedestrian in your thinking. Oh my goodness! Well, because uh, I think where you, we going to you fail to recall times when both G.I. Joe and Cobra have wiped out ships, they've wiped out islands, they've wiped out the entirety of London. And the weapons that I speak on are all orbital weapons. Doesn't that mean? <laughs> so what? <laughs> We're talking the most destructive G.I. Joe and Cobra equipment, or vehicles, sorry. Um, I believe that was how the, the topic was, was first prefaced. Um, so here's my rundown of the top three most destructive vehicles ever showcased in G.I. Joe. You've got the orbital satellite system um, that I think is from comic book issue. It's the one, it's the 30th anniversary of G.I. Joe. And Joe Colton is in command of this orbital laser or particle beam or something. Anyways, it's up there and it is the finger of God. And I think at its most destructive, it destroyed a tanker that was bringing a shipment of drugs, the, the headman's tanker. Uh, Cobra Command take control of it for one issue 
and uh, use it to stop the flow of drugs into Broca Beach. Anyway, so that's wiping out an entire ship in one fell swoop. But it also has the pinpoint accuracy to knock out a small drone um, in mid-flight. Just zap it from outer space. So there's that. Then I'd say next up in the destructive uh, stakes. You're doing all three at once? Shit, yeah. All right. right. Oh, oh, were you about to escalate, Cooch? Well, I thought we were going. Did we? Did we do all three at once? No, Stevens. Stevens running down his his choices for the best ones. Right. Uh Rob, did, did, hang on. Does everyone have a top three? No, no top three. Top one. Were they building building up to this? I have okay. A more that we can throw out. Go ahead, Steven. Sorry, brother. <laughs> Damn it. That's going to be anticlimactic because I plan on taking the taking the most destructive accolade. Anyways. Maybe you can bust one bigger. This is going to get interesting. Um, the second most destructive, I'd say, was Project Zeus from G.I. Joe Retaliation, a Cobra uh, orbital vehicle that, or nine of them, I think they were, positioned around the globe that would release a giant, effectively just a, a projectile, well, no yeah. payload, just a, just a yeah, big old dense uh, needle uh, of something dense. Was it uranium? I don't know. Um, and they succeeded in taking London off the board completely. Yowza. And that's um, scary because there's, there's actually talks about how that may exist. Yeah, I think our military just said they do have the rods from God out there. So thank goodness for that. <laughs> but I'd say all of these pale in comparison to the G.I. Joe space station as featured in G.I. Joe, The Atlantis Factor from 1992. Oh, oh God, yes. (laughs) Which possesses the power to destroy and sink the island of Atlantis. (laughs) Bam. Jeez, y'all, that thing. That's considerable. That is pretty considerable. But was it the lost power of Atlantis that it zaps and the island then subsides? Or did it wipe out the island? It's, uh, it remains to be seen. You can make your own mind up. But anyways, surely, amongst those three orbital weapons, we have our winner. Surely. What are you going to say, Cooge? No, I think, uh, I think every G.I. Joe fan, unfortunately, remembers the, uh, the movie weapon that destroyed London as well. Um, <laughs> Another mission. Yeah. No, I no, think... That was, that was, that was in uh, ROC. That was uh, Paris. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. I enjoyed... Yeah, they... It took out Paris in it's so memorable with the nanomachines, <laughs> and then they took out London in uh, in retaliation. That's correct. Mm. Yeah, sorry. Suck it, Europe. I think, uh, honestly, I'm going for style points on this one, but the bug could be terrifying. If it hits your boat, because uh, any, anything lately uh, that, that kind of sinks has my attention, just because I've been listening to... Uh, I don't know, deep sea horror stories and stuff. I don't know if you ever find that thread on YouTube, but it's quite fascinating. Um, Ooh, I think the idea of something hitting you from underneath and just the view, <laughs> if you're in the bug and you're looking up and you can kind of see a transport ship going over you, it's pretty interesting. That hmm. would be pretty terrifying. I mean, I like, yeah, I mean, all, all the options you're bringing up are more like psychologically terrifying, I think, destructive. Mm. I'm back, guys. <laughs> <I'm just trying> <laughs> <to>. <laughs> But, yeah, uh, those are good choices. Maybe I should have specified 
toy vehicles <laughs> <laughs> well if if you are um looking to a toy vehicle and you're scratching your head and saying but guys why don't you show some love to the cartoon as ryan sweeney has in the chats the mass device which has yeah. become a toy and mm -hmm. fits the criteria of being a vehicle because i think it does have tank treads treads underneath Mm -hmm. um, he says the mass device Destro was going to destroy the, the core of the Earth. <laughs> yes, indeed, he does turn it on the core of the Earth. Like what? The suicide um, uh, ven ven vengeance weapon, um, which absolutely, yeah, that, if it can destroy the Earth, hell's yeah, in a very hyperbolic sense, the mass device could do it. I tell you why I didn't think of the mass device first up was because I, th I thought it wouldn't meet the criterion of being a vehicle but uh, it as i say it, the toy does have tank treads and i think it was designed with tank treads in the, the animation um and i was you know what i was also thinking of when kind of disqualifying anything non-vehicle was the uh particle beam array in russia that cobra uses in resolute yeah. To wipe out Moscow. Like, once again, they're able to vaporize a massive city. Um, but it, it is a ground based fixed installation that they used, not a vehicle. Anyway, I was not thinking heads. big enough. I was not thinking big enough. I was, I well, was thinking, I, uh, wow. I was trying very to scare one person, but I think the weather, <laughs> the weather dominator, I think, is the. I think there is a like a, a military general that has a quote that says, when you control the weather, you control the world. So I think he's right. He's probably right. But if you um, do want to dial the focus back a little bit and think early series of the toys specifically, like I'd say Cobra had the edge in terms of just size of ordinance. Uh, and it was mentioned in the chats, but I do want to bring it back to the fact that like the Fang possesses a bomb a big old conventional bomb on the underside. It's Cobra's most basic air unit at the time, save for the gliders. Um, and they have them en masse, but each one of them possesses this bomb, which I think in 1983, nothing else had the same size of warhead. Like if you take away guidance systems and, and obviously fuel from like the Sky Strikers Phoenix missiles, that bomb has a larger yield of, of conventional explosive. And then the very next year, they followed up with an even more terrifying weapon, effectively a drone, which you could produce en masse even more. I'm talking about the Cobra Claw. And if you use it as a drone, instead of having a man in that middle portion, you've once again got a conventional bomb. Um, so if you deployed these things en masse, as I say, like each one of those bombs probably has effectively the same kind of explosive yield as uh, six Wolverine missiles. So Cobra has this kind of swarm of very destructive weapons uh, quite early on that, that G.I. Joe did not, did not have a kind of response to. This is crazy. This has been an absolutely amazing topic. I've learned a <laughs> nice lot. Nice one, Robbie. Nice one, dude. I've learned, you know, you guys have blown me away with all of these. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Rob has been destroyed. Yeah. But guys, if you if you're talking about the most dangerous weapon in in the GI Joe universe, like the most dangerous weapon, uh, and you want to like think maybe a little bit out of the box, the fanaticism of Cobra. 
It is a very, mm-hmm. very powerful weapon. And it okay. doesn't matter what arsenal that uh, they possess. The sheer fact that they have the fanaticism uh, that they do uh, makes them endure. And that's what makes them so difficult to kill and so difficult to remove from the world. Mm. Well, there we go. <laughs> How do they do it? To the psychological. How do they do I it? Think... Brain, brainwashing? Nanomachines? I... Cobras had all these tools at their disposal in the past. It's, it's crazy, man. And the, and the beautiful thing... Yeah, well... I don't want to say the beautiful thing, but the, the frightening thing is... Or is it is just that, charisma? Is it just Cobra Commander's mind games? Getting the I think it's mind games. Pick up yeah, a rifle convince people and step to in do line. something. As long as it's, it's close enough to their own ideals or it's a twisted version of it, you can convince anyone to do anything, really. Yeah. As long somebody's as they believe that they the are righteous. Mm. Hey? I said somebody's been watching the Hunger Games. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, but it, uh, that's the thing, you know, Cobra Commander is uh, highly chari- uh, charismatic. He's incredibly fanatical. Um, we know we don't really know what his goal is, but we know who he speaks to. You know, I mean, he, we, you know, the, the, the assumption that it's world domination is brought on by the cartoon. But I don't remember in the comic books him ever saying world domination. You know, I think he wants to control things. But he just has an army, and he's got a bunch of people that worship him. And I, I think he's. I think that was like the first thing, world domination. If if passion is what fuels Cobra, are you saying that Joes are essentially people that can keep their cool? Or I like... think Joe. I I think Joe has to be that, um, just in terms of storytelling, uh, because they are the the knee jerk reaction to something like Cobra, you know, and so they have to be everything that Cobra isn't. So. You know, not fanatical, not, you know, ruthless, not um, sort of reactive. I mean, not react. Yeah, like, yeah, it just feels like they have to be the, the opposite. And I think I think G.I. Joe's, uh, it's very interesting with Joe because they also, they skirt on a very dangerous line. It's like they're going to get to a point where it's, you know, that's, uh, and if you think about some, something like the, um, uh, man, like the Rolling Thunder, that is a very extreme reaction to Cobra. That's like yeah. Joe going, wow, dudes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the line must be drawn here. This far, no further. <laughs> exactly. No, but like, that's the thing, you know, and that's the scary thing about something like Cobra mm-hmm. is that it brings that out of people as well. It brings that out of its enemies. So, yeah, scary. Sorry, I just wanted to throw that in there. That was just Very good. Fun. And I just want to throw in Mia Culpa. I was going to... I, I, I was going to be three for three and I stopped short of it, but thank you, Gaz in the chats has saved my bacon. In 1985, what does Cobra have? The Trouble Bubble. Another mm-hmm. tiny little speck mm-hmm. of a vehicle carrying an enormous payload of explosive in its kind of drone unmanned mode. I talk about this aerial bomb, but like if that's just all explosive, that is going to make, you know, that's a, that's a crowd pleaser right there. Boom. Uh-huh. And if you've got like 50 of these things, that's, that's going to wreck untold destruction. In fact, that's going to destroy a, a major urban center. It's generational in destruction. Fact, in fact, before you said the claw, I actually thought you were going to say the trouble bubble um, when you were building yeah, up to the claw. No, because uh, when you I'm said a, the, I'm a chronological the... kind of guy, man. <laughs> no, I know, I know. But like, but just when you're building up to it and saying, oh, it can control, it can carry a payload and it can be controlled, remote controlled and all that stuff. I was like, he's going to say the Cobra's ATVs can take out a tank. Hmm. 
The ferret, you mean? The ferret, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> the tow cable. Yep. Look, let's let's I suppose conclude the conversation by saying that just like the nuclear arsenals of the United States and the Soviet Union at their height, they possessed enough destructive power to raise the world several times over. Like, you know, it's 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 unnecessarily armed. Um, and similarly, Cobra and G.I. Joe's arsenals could have destroyed each other many, many times over. So, yes, they are definitely highly destructive uh, forces at play. Let's hope they got some jugglers involved. Keep everybody cool. Boys, <laughs> we've got some uh, post-box the pit action, do we not? Woo! Hmm. Our ever-faithful friend, Mr. Smith, Psychot. has uh, gotten us in conversation with Psychart. And I believe Crazy Legs might be making an appearance. But without further ado, let's crack it open. Okay, let's review the roster again. Lieutenant Falcon, Outback, Sneak Peek, Tunnel Rat. Yes, and there's Starboil, Repeater, Shockwave, Lightfoot, Muskrat, Spearhead, and Max. G.I. Joburg, if you were going to add one more member to Night Force... Who would you pick and why? And Paul, what five guys would you pick to put on Night Force? Five? What do you mean five? What? You know that guy. He likes lots of things. He can't pick just one. He's going to need five. I'm trying to give him lots of freedom. Why do you hate freedom, Psychout? We fight for freedom. Wherever there's trouble. There's going to be lots of trouble here if we don't finish out this roster, Crazy Legs. Okay, 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 Psychout. I hear you. I hear you. G.I. Joburg. Who else would you add to Night Force? Does this man script his voice notes? Because how do you keep those two characters distinct in your head? I mean, unless right. you did multiple takes. Well done, Troy. And thank you to the voices in your head, a.k.a. Psych Out and Crazy Legs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, earns. So, uh, the like question, gentlemen. Night Force... Each of us are tasked with adding one member to the roster, except Paul, who can add five. Yes. <laughs> do, do you want to start, Paul? I don't, because I'm working them out quickly. <laughs> <sighs> it's got to be Snake Eyes, right? You've got to put Snake Eyes on Night Force, uh, right? Uh, or Low Light. Come on. Let's, let's have some originality, boys. Anyone got a truly original pick for G.I. Joe's Night Force subset? Hmm. My brain's not working that fast. Are you Are you on it, Rob? Eh, I'm also going slow. Obviously, I want to add Scoop, but I think he mentioned Scoop already. <laughs> Scoop would actually be cool on Night Force, though. Think about he'd it. He'd be like, fantastic. You know? I mean, it'd be difficult to get some good shots, but I mean, he'd be getting some interesting footage at night, and it would kind of push him to be better at his at his job, I think. You think? Yeah, um, no, for and sure. I mean, low light shots are, are very difficult to get, you know? <laughs> low light. Let me start with this. Uh, I think they definitely need a medic. Mm. So uh, let's start with Stretcher. I think he would oh, be cool for Lifeline. <laughs> oh, wait, they do have Lifeline. Crap, I keep thinking Lifeline's only in Tiger Force. My bad. No, Lifeline's not in Night Force, my friend. That's okay, yeah, then Stretcher. I think Stretcher would be great. For for, mm. for Night Force. It's not my only pick, but definitely I think he's a cool one. Is Spirit on uh, Night Force? 
Negative. Spirit was on Slaughter's Marauders. Uh, can he double up? I mean, yeah. Nice I mean, if you take a look at the European release of Spirit, he is effectively Night Force. He's in dark gray with some red splashes. Mm. Cool toy, that. Very yeah, there's cool certain toy. figures that I can see that look like Night Force. You know, there are versions along the way. Spirit would be nice to have in the deck. Yeah, he would add something to the team, I think. Um, oh, yeah. This is a good Go Good choice. Oh, no, I was going to... I was going to say another cool guy for that, but I, I just want to make sure he's not in Night Force already because it feels like he should be, is Repeater. He is in Night Force already, Paul. <laughs> no, that's why, that, that's why it makes sense that he should be in Night Force already. You know? <laughs> mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. Look, Night Force is, a, is an interesting beast because they revisited it in the 2000s. They added a whole bunch of characters. Uh, so there's a potential that we're doing some overlap. I do recall that Flint and Beachhead joined the squad, but there could be others. I don't think Lowlight did ever. So in the chats, Ryan listed him. And uh, if I'm going to go Billy Basic, I'm going to say absolutely. Like, But at the same time, maybe Lowlight needs to kind of stand apart from um, Night Force simply because the rest of the conventional G.I. Joe squads need a guy who's more active at night to basically be the night patrolman, the uh, the guy who ain't afraid of the, the, the boogeyman, and that's okay. low light. In the 2000s, added a ton of characters to Night Force. Mm -hmm. Crosshair, Duke, Nunchuck, Action Man <laughs> even joined Night Force. Beachhead, Flint, Roadblock. There's a short fuse, Tunnel Rat, Grunt. Gung Ho, uh, guy named Shock Blast. I suppose it's just Shockwave. So Shockwave is in Night Force finally. <laughs> Charbroil, Chuckles is even. There's even a Chuckles Night Force version. I don't Who know. Uh, that doesn't work for me. A Chuckles Night Force version. That's like no. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. I mean, the, he's what he, in disguise at night. So he, it, that just makes him. He's in the nightclub and he's like, I'm in the Night Force now. Yeah. Same wow, figure, just loafers on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got one, guys. I got one. Finally, it's taken me this long, but give us a Navy SEAL in proper, like, terrestrial, like, land-based night combat gear. So torpedo in some, you know, like, a, a just basically a black outfit with uh, some camo paint on his face. There's my night force operator. Like a ghillie, like not a ghillie suit. I mean, with one of those little hats, the little boonie hats. Oh, I'm just thinking of uh, the the Charlie Sheen movie, <laughs> Navy Seals. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, probably that. Hey, Paul. Nice. For that same reason, Shooter would be a nice nice fit in that squad. Uh, Shooter would be good, yeah. Because um, they also added newer characters later on. Like there's one called Freestyle. Uh, I don't know what series she's from. Hmm. Um, Muskrat is also part of the Night Force eventually. No, he was part of the original crew. Oh, was he? Yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm looking too far down on this. I list. know something. <laughs> hey, Paul knows things. Before, <laughs> what are your other four, four picks? <laughs> My other four picks. Um, you struggled hard enough to get the first. Jeez, yeah, <laughs> no, and how? Um, who, okay, like, yeah, so I thought Repeater was not in there, but it turns out Repeater actually is in there. Um, Recoil would be cool in the Night Force. I think it'd be interesting to see Recoil in that kind of gear, in like a darker 
gear would be great. Um, uh, recoil just with his weapons in any color other than powder blue would be great. There you go, right? <laughs> um, I think a Night Force yeah. ambush would be interesting. Uh, could be interesting. Oh, good uh, one. Yes. Yeah. I always thought that ambush's tan was a little bit too light. Yeah. So if you could darken him up a little bit, like in a dark brown, a burgundy or something. Yes. Yes. And what about Scarlet? Like, we should get Scarlet in some some sub-team other than Ninja oh, Force. Oh, once again, someone wants to take Scarlet out of her original colors. <laughs> oh, <laughs> she's looking can. pretty dark in her color palettes in uh, Snake Eyes, or G.I. Joe Origin Snake Eyes. Is that what it's called? Yeah, now? yeah, man. Very close to black. Yeah, oh, there's so... the Night Force version. We'll be getting it very soon. Once, one, Well, I don't know. Toys? Are they going to make three and three quarter inch toys for, for the movie? I wish they would. They, Probably they not. Have. They have. Dude, have they? But they like, yeah, but they got like um, sort of, I don't want to say dumbed down articulation. It's not 5 POA, but it's not oh, quite modern. Six inch. You've made this mistake before on the show. Those are not three inch. Oof, they're not four inch figures, I'm afraid. Oh, shit, dude. They really do look like four inch figures because they're like $10. Yeah. Yes, they, no are they are Hasbro the has abandoned inch. the four inch scale in GI Joe. That's it. Damn it. Well, it's Just... making them money. I mean, they're not losing out, and fans, fans, you know, of the characters in the series are definitely winning with some very cool versions of characters at a larger scale. So, my reality filter just doesn't want to accept this. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> uh, anybody else got anything they'd like to pull out of the mail bag? Sadly not. I haven't had any communique from anybody. But didn't we get a didn't we get a message uh, in our mailbox in our email? Well, not in the email, but every now and then someone on Facebook revisits uh, the postbox the pit uh, post from I think over a year ago now. Um, it's Robert Kalupatan this time, and he wants to know that if Metal Gear crossed over with GI Joe, how would it go? Their tech backstories, dynamics. Uh, a few good examples to start is Cobra and how Metal Gear would work for them. Also, if Snake Eyes goes against Snake, who is better at what they do? And um, just how would the rest of Metal Gear Solid integrate with G.I. Joe? I think this makes for a topic that we could easily make an episode out of. But yeah, well, I think you have a, that that. Do you yeah. have a, a knee-jerk response to a Metal Gear Solid X G.I. Joe? Uh... I, I kind of feel like they. I kind of feel like Metal Gear Solid is already kind of there. It's already in like a world that's like GI Joe. In fact, I would say Metal Gear did a lot to shape my vision of GI Joe later. Oh, on me too. Yeah. yeah, man, big time. Um, and I can definitely see them working together um, and and how things could go there. Um, but I don't want to say too much because I actually think it's worth having an episode for uh, on. I you think definitely have Jim yeah. in that chat. <laughs> right Ooh. on man and rob oh, yeah. like from from our personal experience like i think post metal gear solid you and i just kept playing that trope like, yeah we that... were definitely sneaking around everywhere revolver ocelot <laughs> could robots. easily be blood with that big hand cannon <laughs> oh yeah yeah <laughs> reminds me of this great youtube clip that i think i will link us to in the comments or in the um the blurb to this show that you showed me, Paul, which is kind of a low-budget live-action <laughs> Metal Gear Solid interpretation. 
Oh, it's great. <laughs> so good. So good. So once you're done watching this or listening to this, watch that. Um, but something else that you should be watching, this time next week, there will be a live stream. Talking Joe is presenting Total Action Force The Battle Years with living legends Brian Hickey and Paddy Lennon on Sunday the 30th of May at 11 a.m. UK time. Wow. Uh, you can join you can join Mark from Talking Joe and me uh, and talk to Brian Hickey and Paddy Lennon about the hardcover book that they are in the process of funding and they've achieved about half their funding with 10 days to go. Um, it's called Total Action Force The Battle Years. It's currently on Kickstarter. The link will be in the description below. And it is a hardcover book addressing not only the Pally Toy Action Force toys, but also the accompanying battle action force comic book that went along with it um and anyone who's been exposed to that stuff knows that it is an absolute treasure trove um and it completely kind of originally springing up um in tandem with gi joe and then eventually kind of got absorbed into gi joe but like back then yeah it was all just so new and so fresh and so exciting so you know kids in the uk really got a, a different appreciation of how this all began and this hardcover book hopefully will seek to both chronicle that and also introduce the rest of the world, uh, aka us, um, to the magic of Action Force. Well, that sounds and fantastic. Deep. I'll definitely join the audience for that. And, oh, and if right. I may ask, just for, for those of us audience members out there, or for those audience members, but who are these guys? Who's this Brian Hickey guy that you're talking about? Um, To be honest... I know that they are very active on the sort of UK GI Joe slash Action Force convention scene. Um, I know that Brian Hickey is Chris McCloud's uh, wingman on many an, uh, a full force episode. They do their sort of breakdowns of the current comic books. Um, beyond that, I guess they are Perhaps authorities on all things Action Force, everything from across the pond. Well, if, uh, if I'll piggyback on that, um, just to kind of sling uh, what's going around, if you're out there and you're looking for some good Joe company, aside from that live stream, uh, I want to say what's on Joe Mine every Friday night. It's a good group of guys. And they've been going slightly longer than you guys have, I think. You're both on your, what, 10th year anniversary? Is that right? Hell yeah. Guys, no, they're on like 11 years. They're, 11? They're, they started well, before. Close enough. Hmm. My goodness. I think it just I think it speaks to the friendships and the I mean we all know that counterculture is kicking our ass but no it's it's a testament to good people good media so what's on Joe Mind cheers guys um, of course you mentioned Full Force if you're feeling the new GI Joe Snake Eyes movie Full Force has your back with interviews and whatnot and uh, I wanted to give some love to Joe on Joe's pod uh, GI Joe Illustrated which uh, he just covered the Cobra Civil War which we all remember as the coolest Civil War so. Might be worth uh, jumping in uh, if you're a Joe fan, that kind of thing. And I think that's all I got for Joe Media. Of course, Joe, Joe, G.I. Joe Twitter, G.I. Joeberg Twitter is still alive and well. So if you need some uh, visibility, hit me up. Hell yeah. Groovy. Loving it. I've got lots of stuff to keep you busy at work for the next week. Mm -hmm. And something to look forward to next Sunday. Because I know nothing about Patty Toys at all. I'm very curious to hear more about it. I thought you were the expert, bro. Me? No, <laughs> I know nothing about Paddy Toys. <laughs> I'm no, very excited to learn more. 
No, that's cool. This yeah, weekend past, we've just had a, uh, a very cool video contributed to us by Corbra Lang. Another stop motion, a follow-up to his Dreadnought Knockout. If you haven't checked that out, feel free to browse our YouTube channel and give it a look. Madness. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's good fun, man. He, he really is pumping out the stop motions and mad props to that because, yeah, he's got a far better work ethic than I, let me tell you. Oof. And the man's dedicated here. Oof, mm -hmm. dude. Mm. Um, I suppose that just leads me to uh, just punt a little bit of the branding. <laughs> uh, guys, if you want to support what G.I. Joe Berg is doing, uh, feel free to join our Patreon, join the Berg Force, do something uh, awesome with like this awesome podcast and this awesome YouTube channel that we have. And I've said awesome a lot of times, so you know it's great. And if you would rather have some merchandise or rather you want some merchandise as well then check out our merchandise store on teespring where you can get some very cool gi joe styled t-shirts from gi joburg and uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> and uh there was something else that's really really cool if you haven't seen it yet you guys mentioned it already but the gi joe um snake eyes gi joe origins trailer is out for those of you joe fans who somehow missed the announcement didn't see it on youtube or whatever's it's out there even better than that is we did a reaction video on youtube so go check that out <laughs> it's better than the trailer there's also a nice featurette that goes hand in hand with the trailer in some instances that shows a little bit more footage and gives a bit of larry harmer behind the scenes chat uh, and he seems pretty pumped about the movie, which is, that's good enough for me, I guess. Uh, well, he was pumped uh, about Rise of Cobra, so let's see. <laughs> yep. Checks in Thanks. the mail, Larry. Checks in the mail. <laughs> Speaking of sound bites, <laughs> that trail off of Steven was pretty classic. <laughs> mm. uh, uh, hopefully yeah, it's I... all in the can. Um, and I'd be remiss if on the way out I didn't say, yes, the USS flag, thank you, Ryan, is a very destructive vehicle in G.I. Joe's arsenal. In fact, they do have nuclear weapons on board because they were going to load uh, a nuke onto a Sky Striker to take out Cobra's undersea bunker um, in, the, well, in, the, in the creation of Cobra Island. So clearly it's it's packing some serious, serious ordnance on that on that boat. So there's that. Anyway. Oh yeah, blown Just for the away sake again. of completion. Because otherwise they'd, they'd say it in the comments, they'd, they'd call us out, guys. Your guns are trapped under the deck, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> and they need a sky striker to deliver it, so I think it doesn't count. Anyway. <laughs> and the USS flag got wiped out by um well both in the both both anim animation series in Sunbow and in Resolute by Cobra yep. and bigger you weapons. Wins first. There you go. Bam. I think that brings us to a close of episode 199. Boom, baby. Thanks for joining us. Our live studio audience, always great chatter happening in there. If you want to join the live studio audience, you know what to do. You join the Patreon tribe. Yay. The Bird Force. Uh, sorry. Patreon tribe is, uh, Trademarked Michael Mercy creation. No mistake. Ah. Uh, <laughs> my name's Steve. I'm out. Love you long time. See you next week. Cheers, guys. I'm on a new level. Hummer Cheers, and Hummer. Pajama banana. <laughs> I'm on a new level. 100 looms. <laughs>
Bye. Oh my goodness. Bye. Bird.